Finally, Friday. It always feels so good. AMs with AJ on VFX. And who got pinched for a St. Patrick's Day Thursday? Now, ideally, and it would probably not happen. I don't think too many people enjoy getting pinched. But, hey, you know, to each their own. However, uh, Producer Butters and I were informed by Meemaw that if we did not wear green yesterday that we were going to get pinched. Lucky for me, a bracelet that I wear each and every day already is green, so safe. But the thing is that was really interesting to me is I don't remember too many people around me celebrating St. Patrick's Day through the last few years. And then all of a sudden this year, I heard a few different things. You know, oh, we're going to have green this, green that. And the one that really confused me is a coworker of mine, Erinie. Her mom apparently every year goes and gets bread dyed and gives her green bread, makes her sandwiches for lunch, even though so Erinie is older than I am and has kids of her own, and that still happens. It's adorable. But I was like, green bread? And I was trying to think. I was like, what was the craziest thing for St. Patrick's Day when it was a bigger deal when I was a kid that I ever celebrated with? And the closest I could come up with is I convinced my mom, absolutely convinced my mom one year, I wanted to do Green Eggs and Ham. It was one of my favorite books as a kid. I wanted to do it for St. Patrick's Day. And she was like, no, 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 you're not going to like it. I was like, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. Green Eggs and Ham, Green Eggs and Ham. And so I'm pretty sure what ended up happening is right before St. Patrick's Day, my mom decided to give it a trial run. And all she did was just a little bit of food dye for just eggs to make them green. Would I wouldn't touch them. Cried bloody murder. Absolutely would not eat it because I thought it was disgusting looking. And, you know, when you're a kid, that's all you need. You're like, no, nah, it's gross. It is gross. Absolutely would not try it. And poor mom, because that that really is a recurring story throughout my childhood. I was convinced because of Popeye that I wanted to try spinach. Though, in my defense, mom did buy spinach in a can, but I, like, took one look at it. It was like, absolutely not. Because it was, you know, it's spinach, it wilts, it turns dark green. It's disgusting. But... Buying spinach in a can, I think mom guaranteed that that one was actually doomed to happen because who puts spinach in a can? Who absolutely puts spinach in a can? That being said, I need to calm down here. Bad brackets yesterday, still need to calm down. Question is, what is the one thing that calms you down? You're you're angry and it calms you down no matter what. This is good information to have. And I'm not just saying that as someone who may have to soothe you down at one point or another for no random reason. No random reason at all. The awesome thing about having one of my best buddies here is that his presence alone just automatically puts me in a better mood. But it's funny at the same time, like, because he's here because of the March tournament. It's become an annual tradition of ours. AMs with AJ on VFX. He's also the same kind of guy that really ramps me up. The funny thing is, obviously, the older we get, the better we get at dealing with uh, being sore losers because we're both definitely sore losers. But even more importantly than that, like, Growing up, one of the things that I had to go to therapy for the first time when I was a kid was dealing with emotions. And I think it's really important, as I've learned, especially in my recent relationship, to understand how uh, each other processes certain things. For instance, I'm generally, who, when someone, something is bothering me, generally something who kind of withdraws to deal with it, to work my way through it before I process it and come out of it. So I don't really like to talk about it. Like I like to internalize and deal with it. And then I'm, I'm good to chat about it after I kind of process everything and take my step aside. Not how Ashley works though. Ashley wants to talk about things and it's been something we've had to work through and, and kind of get to come to an understanding because she wants to talk. I don't want to talk. And so it's really important. So on our Facebook page, one of the questions 
uh, was what calms you down. Be honest, what calms you down when you're angry? And you could see even just in the first few comments we already got, it's different. Jessica says nothing, just takes time and days to calm down. I understand that. Jesse says racing games. Athena says food. Sammy says music and sleep. Uh, Kay says going for a walk and being by herself. Tara says hugs. Like those are almost all entirely different answers. And see, it's kind of the point. Because if your significant other, your partner doesn't feel the same way, well, then you got to work through that and, you know, understand and come to an understanding of like, okay, this is what they need and this is how I can help that. And this is what I need and this is how they can help that. I think it's really interesting to see already in just those first few comments, it's entirely different across the board. And I think it's important in general. That's why I always say like in relationships, the one rule is that there's no rules. This is another prime example because there's just so many vastly different answers on how to help on how to deal with it in terms of calming down and how to process it. Another thing that's probably pretty important for your partner to, to know and to uh, understand is uh, what your what needs to be cleaned for you not to judge them. And uh, good news for Producer Butters and Mima, who have become uber best friends, Mima quickly found out what Producer Butters <laughs> judges her for, and it was hilarious. Yesterday's question was, what is something you have to clean or has to be cleaned to lower your level of anxiety. So we got into that for the after show. Same with AJ. It's the Gold's Gym Debate at 8 on VFX. Me, Producer Butters, and Mima. And as we were discussing it, Producer Butters likes cleanliness. He, he, he goes through stretches where he'll really freak out about it. So I was expecting him to be funny, and he was. But in doing so, I was talking about the two messes that I've encountered in my life that make no sense to me. And that got us somewhere else. The other one I didn't get is people who leave like containers and stuff in their car. Like I don't like I've got a bunch of crap in my car, but like I my buddy in Listen, college. Listen, sometimes your back hurts. I, okay. I judged her so hard the other <laughs> yeah. day. I was like. Producer Butters wow. judged me. Okay, listen. Okay, my back wow. has been hurting, and I do a lot of things. And then I guess I forgot. I put my water containers because I was gonna fill. I was gonna go to the store and fill them up, right? Because okay. You have to have filtered water. And no. then I forgot that underneath it I had left trash. But I did bring. I had brought a bag, so you know my intention was to clean my car. It was. It was pretty it bad. Was it was not bad. just one or two. It was, listen, <laughs> listen, I get busy, okay? <laughs> so producer Butters admitted, for me, Ma, he is judging her when he rode in her car the other day. And the story was that the, the containers thing to me, my buddy, I took a ride in his car when we were in college once, and I looked at his back scene, he had newspapers everywhere, which kind of threw me for a loop, because even like 12-ish years ago, I was like, newspapers kind of... Kind of weird you got that many of them. But he had a Tupperware container with a spoon in it and what looked like the remnants of Rice Krispies. And I was like, when do you have time to eat cereal in your car? And I was immediately judging him in that moment. So for the poll today and on our Facebook page, the question was, what's something, house, car, that you would judge people for if it was messy? Dana said, my car, it's not that bad. I, I want to clean it. I lack the motivation from the cold weather. Hard saying. Feel that. Feel that a lot. It's, there's something about the, the nicer weather. You get the car wash, get the vacuum going, all that, right? Well, uh, and to be clear, I'm not talking about, like, stuff. Like, I got crap in the back of my car. It's not stuff that's going to rot or make the car stink or all that. It's just random, like, catch-all stuff. Uh, that I would not judge as much unless you just couldn't sit people down in a car. I can fit three. If I needed to fit four and they judge me for it, I would totally understand. Tiffany on our Facebook page said, not checking the background of pictures on social media. 
We all have messes, and that's fine. But don't advertise them to the general public while showing your dinner, which I probably didn't need to see anyway. <laughs> um, I feel I feel this a little bit. Just ouch! In my TikTok videos, I definitely feel that. Also, Tiffany said in person, a dirty toilet is nasty. Bought an automatic toilet bowl cleaner. So helpful. I never get caught unprepared for a surprise guest. And yes, with my buddy visiting, uh, there was a lot of things we had to get done. It was finally the motivation for me and my girlfriend to clean our apartment. But I will say that the bathroom and specifically the toilet were top of the list to make sure to get scrubbed so that nobody judged you for it. So, Tiffany, I'm 100% with you. Thus far, as far as I could tell, my buddy being in hasn't judged anything too harsh. I think we did enough of, enough of a cleaning job. We're in the clear. Uh, it is the ultimate dad crime to actually steal a fork in the road. And that is just one of the Florida or not headlines. Stealing an actual fork in the road sounds like the perfect dad crime. Because then you everyone's questioning, but you feel like, eh, eh, eh. In which case, seriously though, what are you going to do with like a nine foot fork? Like r- really, in all in all honesty, besides being just super annoying, what are you going to do with it? Ames with AJ, it's Florida not. Headline number one, someone stole an actual fork in the road. The town council wants it back. It is actually a nine-foot-tall sculpture of a fork that they installed just a few years ago where two roads converge. So it's a fork to mark a fork in the road. Again, ultimate dad joke, but what are you doing with a nine-foot fork? Story number two, a refrigerator repairman stole $30,000 worth of turtles from a turtle breeder. There's 18 turtles. And why? And also, this just feels like the coin collection one again, because like you'd be like, oh, no one would steal these turtles. They'll be totally st-. like what? What? Refrigerator repairman, what are you going to do? And also, how does the refrigerator repairman know what he's going to do with those turtles? Because he only stole them maybe because he thought they were cute, but they're mostly right money fuels it like he's like knows what the turtle black market looks like like get the heck out of here i think it's important to note that yesterday in the after show me producer butters and i decided between our six parents four of them would dexter it for us a la our parents would not turn us in if we committed major 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 crimes four of six those are pretty good odds i'll give you three guesses as to who was the one who thought their parents both their parents were like no you're clean you're good but I don't think they would ever, it was Bruce Butters, I don't think his parents would ever let him steal a giant fork of the road. Florida not on VFX, Zams with AJ. So in the story number one, uh, apparently there's a town that in 2019 installed a fork sculpture at the fork of the road. Apparently someone took it and the town council is legitimately concerned that they're trying to scrap it and sell it for the scrap metal. And I got to ask myself if it's in the middle of wherever, and I'm sure... Obviously, nobody's watching everywhere all the time, but how does a nine-foot fork disappear? Like, how does nobody see anything? Like, when they put out the, if you have any tips, call this one or email this one so we could track it down. How did nobody see anything? Not a single, it's a nine-foot fork. Story number two, uh, a a refrigerator repairman was hired by a turtle breeder to repair a beverage cooler. While in there, apparently he decided... Yeah, whatever. I'm going to steal some turtles. So he stole 18 turtles. 18 turtles worth $30,000. Now, the good news is they caught him on surveillance film and they uh, were able to figure out who he was and arrest him. 
The bad news is they recovered only five of 18 turtles, meaning the breeder's still out about $20,000. And I hope those turtles are okay. Like, what, what did the refrigerator repairman... How did he know the turtle black market, I guess? Like, what what is he doing with this? Because generally, most crimes are motivated by money, right? The fork was stolen for the scrap metal. Like, what was he going to do with the turtles? How was he like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take these to the turtle black. How did he figure that out? How? That being said, we have two, well, we have a dad crime and then a, just another sad crime. And it makes me think of the coin one from earlier this week where the uh, old man had a collection of coins stolen. Like 30 grand worth of coins, and the dude took it to Coinstar for like 30 bucks. Like, ouch. Ouch. So with that being said, that one was from Florida. Turtles, stupid crime again, turtle breeder. That one's the more ridiculous one. I think we lean that one for Florida, mostly because it's got the beach feel to it with the turtle story. And good news. Correct. That would be correct if you thought it was story number two. The fork one happened in Canada, which I feel like kind of tracks because it's kind of the ultimate dad joke. Florida not on VFX. Now, I'm not saying your crime was committed, but you would think that my buddy would know that I have a penchant for collecting hotel supplies. However, that is not the case because he asked me, uh, what haven't you stolen from a hotel? To which the answer is many, many things. I mean, there's plenty of things you want to take, but we get into what you can and can't. I admit that I have a little bucket of basically hotel supplies that I've collected over my stays. However, regardless of what my friend who's staying says, there is still a code in what you take from the hotel. AMs with AJ on VFX. You take the things that are free, the soaps, the lotions. I could certainly understand uh, taking potentially the slippers, the disposable ones. I definitely have, have just scooted out with a pair of those. They're, they're disposable. They want you to take them. There's a code of stuff that you take, but you don't just take everything. And we're not quite Ross from Friends here where we'll take like the remote batteries or anything of that sort. My friend's unconvinced. Said, well, well, give me an example of something you'd like to take that you didn't take. And I take the towels. I, on full disclosure, like my, my, I grew up in a household where we had like the fancy towels, the guest towels that you weren't allowed to use. But they were the only towels that were up in the guest bathroom. So if you use it, you're like, well, what am I supposed to do here? This is a lose-lose situation because I'll get scolded for not washing my hands. But I can't use the towels that you have on display. And then the only ones in here. How how does this make sense? But it's the, to- the towels. There are several places that have really nice towels. And you're like, oh, I just want to take this home. I just want to take this home. But I don't, I'm not alone in this. There is a code. There are things you want to steal. Sorry, there are things that you want to take with you that most of them are complimentary that you don't. Like Mark's on the line. Mark, what, what's something from a hotel room you want to take? Yeah, I want to stay at this hotel and had the best robes that you've ever okay. seen in your life. I mean, they were so comfortable. They were soft. I'm personally not really a robe person, but this one was okay, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I spent more time in that hotel room than I planned because of that robe. You know, I honestly, Mark, to your point, I ought to probably try and put that lesson into, into practice because... In a full disclosure, I was laughing because we talked about this yesterday that I, I feel like it's kind of hard to wear a robe, anything but unironically, or excuse me, ironically, and not look like an insane person. But in a hotel, you know, whatever whatever they got, let's try it on. I'm never going to do this again. So I, I, to your point, Mark, I should try it on and see if it's the case. Then probably maybe, maybe just maybe want to steal a robe. What? There's things in the hotel room. There's a code. There's things you can take and camp. That doesn't mean you don't eyeball the things. 
you want to take, though? Apparently, Jessica has a, a weird one. Jessica, what was the thing at the hotel room you really wanted to take? So this one really nice hotel I stayed at for work had the perfect toilet roll holder. Uh, it matched my home bathroom perfectly, and I was tempted to take it off the wall and bring it home, but I wound up not oh, doing that. No, and I tried asking no. management where they got it from, um, okay, yeah. but they had no idea, and I haven't been able to find it online or anywhere else since, so I definitely should have just stolen it. <laughs> Okay, kind of level. So I have in my house right now a paper towel holder, and it's nothing fancy. It's nothing fancy at all. It's just one of those wire ones that goes straight up, and you can stick the paper towel over it. I got that from a workplace I used to work at because we were throwing out a bunch of stuff, and that was not being used, and we didn't have a paper towel holder because we lived in broke college apartments. I was like, oh, this is a nice stand. Yeah, I'm going to take this. Not a hotel, but not better from the workplace. <laughs> that is definitely a start to catch Valley secrets. Oh, people confess their whatever they need to get off their chest to release their guilt ahead of the weekend so they can feel a little bit uh, more carefree. Well, realistically, how long do you think you could keep a secret? Like if you had like a, a, a secret that not that would affect someone's lives, like in terms of the end of it, but like as a really big deal would hurt their feelings you you could do you think you could hold over to how would the guilt eat at you would you finally cave aims with aj it's cash valley secrets time for confessions the reason i asked like so the first confession come in six eight two five five then text start your text with vfx or on our social media utah's vfx keep anonymous but then at least you can clear clear the guilt off your chest but the first one that came in a friend of mine had their wedding on zoom over the pandemic i forgot to watch it as i was in bed and I told them I did out of embarrassment, and I still think about it regularly. Sorry, friend. Like, how long could you keep that? Forever? Like, really forever? Because at some point, it'll probably come up because there was funny stories and stuff, and they'll want to tell it, and then it'll just be like one of those days your brain just doesn't operate at normal speed, and you go, what are you talking? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dead giveaway, right? Another <laughs> confession. Something smells funny in my fridge, but I'm too scared to look for it. I figure if I keep the door closed, I won't have to smell it. <laughs> yeah, for that, everybody at least once has had a container that was in the fridge that's gone bad. Because somehow those things, nothing else, like everything else will sit at the front of the fridge and fall down. Ev everything else. But those containers, those somehow manage to finagle their way quickly to the back and fall down from level to level. But everybody at some point has done the thing where you open and you're like, oh, but the trash isn't ready to be taken out. So you're like, no, nah, that's going to wait. That's going to wait till we get a, a bag that's actually on the way out. And then just, and then it's gone. Another confession. Despite both working full-time jobs, I still do the lion's share of domestic tasks. Uh, fed up with arguing about it. So instead, every time I go to the grocery store weekly, I buy myself a $20 gift card on the joint account as compensation for my time. Um. Cool. I mean, who am I to say that if you're doing all the chores, like, don't do something for you. But at the end of the day, what if you just, what if as opposed to thinking of it as, as buying yourself some compensation that I'm not saying you didn't earn, you know, you just think to yourself, ah, this is necessary. Treat myself. Eh? And then it doesn't seal, seem so much like a, well, it's not really an underhanded deal. It's just the way you phrase it. It's like, I'm stealing this because I'm worth it. <laughs> and lastly, I don't want to live with my boyfriend for the sole reason I like starfishing in bed every night with the dog. <laughs> Taking up the whole bed. I finally, it took almost five years 
My girlfriend Ashley finally confessed to the fact that, yes, she does move over to my side of the bed when I get out of bed. But more importantly, if I'm not there, she will sleep in the middle. And I'm not saying she can't, obviously, if I'm not there. But forever, she was like, no, I never get on your side of the bed. I'm never going to get her to confess that the division of the bat, the mattress, if, you know, the whole field is like 75-25. She'll never confess to that. But this one was a pretty big step in that right direction. Cash Valley Secrets on VFX. Speaking of confessions with significant others, every significant other has some kind of word or phrase that just bothers them. And maybe just maybe it's from something in their past or maybe just maybe it's just a pet peeve. But the question is, what is it? Because ideally, you would figure that out pretty quickly and then probably work to remove that from your vocabulary, right? But what if it's just a general fill-the-blank answer? If you are with somebody, you're going to find out that they everybody has some little quirks, little on-and-off buttons, AMs with AJ on VFX, and one of those things is very likely to be a word or a phrase they just can't stand. Like, for instance... Nobody, it seems like, I think for the most part, but my girlfriend definitely likes the word sure. And to me, can we be, can we just establish, I don't know if this is a guys versus girls thing, but can we establish that sure is just like a, it's, yeah, whatever. That's what it is. But for whatever reason, and I know it's probably the technical definition is like a, like a wavering yes, like a not so certain, but whatever. Like it's, it's a, it's an absolute, like, sure. Do you want to do it? Sure. Yeah, we can go. But it sure is one of them. And I try not to use it, but it's just kind of a general fill-in. Like, it's just a general, like, answer for me. Suppose yes, no, yeah, sure, whatever. It's it's one of the things. But one that Ashley hates is one I try to avoid using when I can try and think about it and stop myself from doing so. So what is the thing that, uh, the phrase, the word that your partner hates? Derek's on the line. Uh, Derek, what is yours? My wife goes into a blind rage when I tell her we'll figure it out. She thinks I'm just pushing it off because I don't want to talk about it or that it'll end up in her lap at a later time. Right. What I really mean is, let's talk about this at a later time. But it doesn't matter. Oh. She gets upset about it every time. Okay, so there, obviously you have an intention you mean it for, and she's taking it different way. See, that's clear to establish, which I hope you probably have done, because when you said, we'll figure it out, to me, it's it's a, that's a reassurance, right? We'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe it's talk about it at a later time. I, I can understand your your implication by it, but to me it was like a it's, it's a sign of reassurance. I would say though another thing to add to that, and I gotta credit my brother this, so I know I've seen other places. One of the things that he said, I think it was last year, probably actually during the pandemic, actually, because they were home a lot more, and it was something to adjust to, right? All that extra time spent with each other is that when one of them has a problem, they always have to ask the question: Do you want a solution or do you want to vent? And I think that's really good to know because if you're like listening to them having a problem and you're trying to come up with ideas and they just, you're not in that mood and everybody's been there, right? Where you just kind of want to complain and kind of get it out. It can be a point of contention because like, I'm trying to help you and I feel like we're not getting anywhere. Good to establish. Do you want to vent or do you want a solution? And then you know, you know how to actively engage or to reassure them. I think that's a good one. Jacqueline on the line. Jacqueline, what is the, the phrase, the word that your partner's bugged by? When my husband gets angry when I'm trying to discuss something with him, I usually tell him to take a break because he's getting too emotional. No matter how calm I am, he always blows up and tells me that I'm the one being emotional. 
I don't know why so many men have a hard time acknowledging that they have feelings and that anger is a feeling. Okay. I, I think in my experience, the difference between this is how you define how it's expressed, right? Like the difference between what is shouting and what is like stern talking, right? I think that's that's somehow I, it seems generally defined differently between men and women. And yeah, yeah, well, there's probably a little bit of a close off. I I, I got to be honest, and maybe it's because I'm a guy. When you when you said take a break, I was like, that's good. You're too emotional. That to me is an equivalent to the calm down thing. Like when somebody's calm down, like it has never worked. The take a break, I think I'm good with. I think that would just be like, okay, let's step back here. But you know, I think a lot of people have issues, and I men I think have a, a big one too, just acknowledging and properly dealing with them. But I will say that, that that came across to me, not that you intend that way, it comes across as the calm down thing. Because I feel like when you say, uh, I think it may be a difference between men and women as well, when you say you're too emotional, it feels it, it feels like a negative in terms of uh, undermining your your point, right? You're, too, you're just too emotional about this. You're not thinking clearly. That might be where he's coming from. But ultimately, like, <gasps> take a breath. <gasps> take a breath. Take a break, though. I, I actually don't mind. What are the phrases that uh, your partners are bothered by? What are the phrases that, that they just just set them over there? Just push their buttons for whatever reason. Speaking of push your buttons, it's also done, right? It's boosted by the fact people live together and it's kind of hard to get away. Somebody sent me a uh, some tweet somebody sent out about a company retreat, basically, where everybody's going to have random roommates. And the idea, I think, in general is sound, but can we admit... Like, you're allowed to have some boundaries at the workplace, right? You don't have to be best friends with everybody. You're entitled to a few boundaries at the workplace, right? There's a, I think people, there's allowed to have like a work you and an outside you that, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily cross over a ton. Ames with AJ at VFX. The reason I ask it, send a tweet, it's on our Twitter, Utah's VFX, that, uh, Wife was tweeting the fact that her husband's workplace is United States and European-based. Many people have never actually met in, in person. So what they're going to do is go on a work retreat, and every night you're going to swap roommates with someone, which is an ice-breaking way to meet a bunch of coworkers that you've never met, right? Promising on the outside. But on the inside, aren't you allowed again to have some boundaries because that seems like a really quick way to divide people into, I like that person. I'm indifferent towards that person. And I hate that person because everybody's routine is their routine. And I don't know about anybody else, but that just feels like a really good week long way to, for me to not get very much sleep because while I don't think any of my sleeping routine is royally weird, it would definitely be scaled back to a point to, you know, just be like, I, I, last thing I want is to be the one that people are talking about. Like, I did something weird. All of a sudden, everybody's gossiping, going out to breakfast. Like, hey, you're going to get AJ's roommate. Like, oh, man, watch out. Like, he's a terrible snore. Like, and that's true. And I would feel bad. But, like, I just don't need that stuff going on. It's not something that's normally going to come up in the workplace. But all of a sudden, you go on this retreat, and you're rotating roommates with everybody. It's definitely going to come up. I understand. Like, there, there's totally good. To have, you know, bonds and stuff and people to get along. I acknowledge that. But can we just also acknowledge the simple law of averages? Just because you work with people doesn't mean they break the law of of the fact that there's going to be some you like, some you're in different towards, and some you really dislike. That's just going to happen. Nothing's going to change that. I was once at a job where 
to be honest, it had nothing to do with just randomness. There's a coworker that everybody didn't like. She was not a good person. And everybody got told they had to be nice to her. And I was, I legitimately sat down with my owner. I said, are we just going to disacknowledge the fact that, again, they're just, why? Like, some people in here aren't going to like. The question is, can you be professional? That's the question. That is the Cash Valley secret and confession. Can you be professional? That's what matters. Can you get the work done? Can you do a good job? End of the day, that's all that matters, I think. This might be the American bleeding out on me a little bit in normally European beliefs in terms of the work stuff they've adopted. But I think at the end of the day, you're allowed a little bit of privacy when it comes to the workplace. I think a lot of people put up a certain kind of barrier. Yeah, there's coworkers you'll like and probably hang out with. And then there's some like, you know, right? you're not going to be Facebook friends with all coworkers because you know some of them look like narcs. Some of them look like narcs. So you put up a little bit of a barrier and you're entitled to do that. You just can't obviously be rude to them. you got to be professional. Speaking of confessions coming out, I, I got to be honest, I was blown away talking about eating weird things yesterday, which we're going to get into for the Gold's Gym Debate at 8, how both Producer Butters and Mima said they experienced cravings. I wonder if there's anybody else that does, because it's definitely not the same way for me. So now I'm curious which one of us is the weird one, I guess. The best way to combat cravings is to have willpower. If that doesn't sound confident, it's because I've never accomplished it. But we do all have cravings. AMs with AJ for the Gold's Gym debate at 8 on VFX. And the best way, I think, to try and combat them is to try and not at least serve them. Because if they're in your house, I feel like out of sight, out of mind a little bit. But then how in the heck do you respond when someone says that they have had cravings at times for dirt? Because the, the, the craving is a different, it's not hunger, it's a emotional or mental response to wanting something. So how, like, did dirt fix into that? Because why have you tasted dirt enough to crave it and be like, yes, give it to me, I want some. And that came up in the after show yesterday with uh, Mima and producer Butters. Here's a little bit of how that unfolded. So the way I know I'm craving something is I taste it in my mouth. Oh. So like when I say, oh, I'm craving Costa Vida, it's because I can literally taste the burrito in my Same. mouth. Same. And you that's how dirt is. Yes, it's like, I do that. Ooh. Crave dirt? Yeah. No. I know. It's weird. Okay. <laughs> but Sometimes, you know, Costa Vida or... <laughs> I just wasn't ready for two people to tell me that they crave dirt. I just wasn't ready for that. I mean, I don't necessarily (laughs) crave dirt. Every (laughs) once in a while, like, I'll crave, like, minerals. And that is nuts to me because I can't honestly sit here and be like, oh, okay, non-food. If I ever felt my mouth go like, you know, it'd be really good to get some batteries going right now. Like, what, what can you do for us in the battery department? But... I also don't experience cravings in terms of that sensation the way Mima and Producer Butters do. There's just a, that voice in the back of my head. Like, chips is wholeheartedly my one and only weakness. I try try to limit myself, but they're just so a bottom. I'm just going to go. I'm going until I scrape the bottom of the bag. But it's not something where I, like, th- look at Sun Chips, Garden Salsa, baby, and I look at them and my mouth goes, well, I can taste them right here. And they're like, let's actually make that happen. That's not how I experience craving. And so I was curious if this is how everyone else experienced craving because sounds kind of torturous, to be honest. Sounds kind of rude to your body, specifically for producer butters and Mima to, to, to crave either minerals, which we got into. If you watch the after show, you can find it on Utah's VFX across all social media. We got into a discussion about iron because that's what blood tastes like. And then I was accused of being a vampire sort of indirectly by my father. 
Uh, but there was that. And then Mima talking about craving dirt and being able to taste it in the mouth, which that sounds awful. Like that sounds like at any given point, your brain can be like, <laughs> blood, <laughs> dirt, <laughs> rotten milk. Like that would be ridiculous if your body's like, hey, whatever, we're going to mess with you. Here's the cravings you have. So when you experience a craving, is it something that you can taste it in your mouth and you have to suffice it, I suppose? 68255, the number to text, start your text with VFX. And to answer the obvious question, yes, Mima said that she had tried dirt, though not as a functioning adult. All the stupid stories of non-food eaten, well, that was this guy right here. Admitted at some point, curiosity, childhood, naivete, probably, or just general stupidity has gotten us to eat something that was not food. AMs with AJ's The Goals Gym debated eight on VFX. While it is quite torturous, I feel like for both Mima and Producer Butters to say the way they experience cravings is by their mouth being like, mm, yes, I can taste it. And Mima admitting that maybe once in a while there's a craving for dirt. It is no dentures. When I was a kid, I was living with my, when I visited my dad, we lived with grandma. And one night I went in to drink, get a cup of water and there was already a cup there and I pulled it up. I pulled up the cup and I already had water and I went to drink it only for something to bump me in the face. It was my grandma's dentures that bumped me in the face and ugh. Ah. Got it myself here. Got it myself. You know, actually, really, a lesson. If I, we did that uh, earlier this week on the after show, what is some advice you wish you could go back and give younger you? For me, it would be avoid cups on the sink because we used to have one that was set aside for me and my brother specifically so we could brush our teeth and have a cup to rinse our mouths out with. And because of that, I trusted that cup if I wanted a drink of water. But because of that, there was the dentures. And then one time I went to go get a drink of water because I actually believe I got dirt in my mouth, actually. And I went to, and there was water again in the cup already. So I went to drink it, and it turned out my brother had taken, we had this fish tank. And we used to have these cool little green and red fake, they're plastic gems, but they looked so cool. We always thought they were like real precious stones. And so when we got rid of our fish, after they all died, my brother was trying to clean them to keep them because he thought they were so cool. Well, it turns out he had put them in that cup with dish soap and was letting them soak. And I drank that cup of water, soap, and something that had been sitting in a fish tank for weeks on end. So I guess to that point, if I live a prolonged life, maybe just maybe I did try that fish tank cleaner that we found about yesterday, and uh, that's the excuse. Need to say that cup got thrown out, and I believe after that there was a rule set up that we were never leaving cups in on the bathroom sink ever again. That would be the piece of advice I might take myself. For no that would change almost nothing about my future. I don't think there's a butterfly effect to that whatsoever, except that I don't just have these two disgusting moments. In these like 10 seconds each of space. And that was totally worth it to develop the power and risk the future for. Uh, my brother had uh, dog food. Uh, actually, my favorite, my favorite brother story in terms of not food is actually not even edible food. It's actually a can. So full disclosure, this was only happened one time. My parents don't allow it. But my, my dad just decided he had a long week and he needed something to take the edge off. So he's having a can of beer. And he specifically told us, because at the time I had to have been, I, I don't know, nine, and my brother had to be about five, but he told us, don't drink that. It's not, it's for adults, don't drink it. So he leaves. I'm not paying attention, and my brother takes a sip 
my dad comes back and sits down. My brother turns there and goes, Dad, I don't know what that is, but that is nasty. It's <laughs> like, you're not supposed to drink it. Not even a non-food search is my favorite reaction to that because he's the one that ate dog food as a kid. <laughs> There's a little bit of a debate right now. So, of course, we've got the uh, park narcs, which we're going to find out who the most annoying parker is in Cache Valley coming up in a little over an hour. Still vote. We're going to talk about them here in just a second. But there's a debate about producer butters and Mima's cars. They are different makes and models, but the question is what colors are they? Because I'll tell you what color one of them is not. Actually, neither of them is not, and that's gray. If I was honest with you and said I want you to go to Utah's VFX and vote on something to help me out because it might help me win an argument and that is awesome, that would help, right? Ams with AJ on VFX. Because here's the deal. So, Producer Butters and Mima have like, different makes and models. Like, I'm not so stupid in cars that I don't know that part. They have different vehicles. However, what I need you to do is to go vote on our Facebook page. Because we got into this argument yesterday because they park next to each other. And Mima's car used to have this paint. Like, somebody had written on her windows. What finally got cleaned off, but it used to have it. That's how I distinguish between hers and his car. Because they're both a dark blue color. And when I said that yesterday as Producer Butters was coming in, both of them were like, what? No way. And Mima was like, his is gray. And I was like, it is absolutely not gray. And I was like, they're both dark blue. And Producer Butters was like, no, they're not both dark blue. Now in the picture, you can see uh, Producer Butters, they're both in the shade a little bit. So his, like, I think looks a little bit more purple than blue. His is the one on the left as you're looking at it. Mima's the one on the right. But I can tell you, like, I feel like you can see going to have just a smidge um smidge of understanding you can tell i feel like that there is both they're both a bluish shade they're 100 both a bluish shade but decide for yourself on facebook because we do the after show at about 10 uh, 30 this morning we do that we get back on we're going to take a look at this and see what people say and uh go from there but i it'll help me and therefore we'll be besties so if you go and look, and I'm not trying to influence your vote, but please do check it out. It's on our Facebook page because after that argument, I was like, there's only one way to settle this. We will go to the VFX Facebook page and everyone will help us decide what it is. But I can tell you, it is clearly not gray, right? Producer Butters, what Bimo said, his car is gray. It is not. I get it. Cars look different in sunlight. And frankly, the coolest paints are those ones that change. They look like the cool, uh, one of our radio stations vans looks like it. And the problem is, is that I think it looks like this really ugly brown and sometimes gray, but really ugly brown when it's not in the sun. That's not very appetizing. But man, when it goes through the light, it is so cool. Utah's VFX on our Facebook page. Speaking of which, while you're there, make sure to get your vote in for Park Narcs because it's like the last possible minute that you can do that. And we'll get some last parting shots. I'll tell you who I think is the worst, even though it has no effect whatsoever. So that's why I wait till the end. If you do something dumb in the front, is it worse than something possibly? I don't know that you would justify nominee number two is worse, but they're in the back. Park Narcs aims with AJ on VFX Friday means we are close to figuring out who you think is the most annoying Parker in Cash Valley who will then get the Narker, the one who took the picture, a reward. And they'll also punch their ticket into the tournament at the end of the year to find out who's the worst Parker in 2022. Nominee number one, what you looking at? Struck parked perfectly in the stripy rectangle. I mean, that's, I think, even more frustrating. They show they're capable. They know how parking generally works within fitting in a restricted space. The problem is this is 100% a restricted space. 
There's stripy lines across the state. Don't park there. And as always, they're between two special needs spots. And when park narc nominees submit people that are in that situation, it means that they don't have a pass. So nominee number one would seemingly be right in line with 2021 and 2022 park narcs. Nominee number two, hey, look at us facing the same direction. And then that one, that's the case where this one demonstrates that it's it's close. It gets the idea of parking. like It knows there's spaces that are saved for it. Just doesn't know how they totally work. And it's titled, Look at Us Facing the Same Direction, because the person who took the picture is completely parallel with it because they are parked sideways, taking up three spots in the back of the parking lot. This lovable idiot is close, just hasn't totally figured it out. Which one's the no- most annoying? It's pinned at the top of our Facebook page, also on Instagram, Utah's VFX. Vote. We'll find out shortly who's the most annoying. And if you see terrible parking, also safely take a picture and send it to us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, Utah's VFX to get entered in for Park Narcs. Everybody's favorite part where the public shaming comes into effect and we determine who is the worst parker in Cache Valley this week. AMs with AJ on VFX. Nominee number one, parked in the stripy rectangle. What you looking at? This truck showing off. Nominee number two. Uh, and worth noting again, I'm generally one of those people who's the first to have a snarky comment, right? When you see them roll on by and or whatever, park on snowbanks. But very rarely, to their credit, very rarely have we had trucks in park narcs. It's been a lot of SUVs. Nominee number two is look at us facing the same direction. Back of the parking lot, as somebody pointed out, but parked completely sideways, taking up three spots. And I will tell you, this was a very, very close vote. It was split on the uh, social, on the Instagram story, on the Instagram uh, and Facebook votes on the page. It was close, and it came down to just a few votes. And I got to tell you, I was a week off. Because last week I asked, is it possible to get kind of numb to the parking in stripy rectangles? Because we've seen enough of it. I was one week behind because nominee number two just squeaked out a victory, taking up those three spots. So congratulations to Narker number two. They're going to win some tickets to the Home and Garden Show. Plus, we've got winners on uh, social media as well. Told you if you voted this week, you had a chance to win your way to the Cash Valley Media Group Home and Garden Show presented by Anderson Seed and Garden. So congratulations to uh, Misha, Rebecca, Melissa, Whitney, Kylie, Amy, and Sherry. All of you win. All of you are going to get to have a fun time at the Cache Valley Home and Garden Show. Hope you do because the weather, besides Sunday, looking nice. If you see terrible parking, safely, safely take a picture. Submit it to Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram, Utah's VFX. All of those will work. And Monday, we have two more nominees that I need you to vote on. So make sure you're following us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Utah's VFX. VFX's Facebook roulette. What on Facebook can be shared and just make Facebook a little bit better place and not just such a toilet for arguing. That's the whole goal. AJ Knight, if you're friends with me, then it could be your post I like and share and say, this is what the world needs more of. This one, I got to be honest, in a snarky kind of tone. All those things I said I think are undermined a little bit, but I landed on my friend Patrick who shared a picture of a tweet and says, instead of asking, what do you do? I really recommend punching up any social function you happen to be at with. So who do you hate here? Because we are all creatures of drama. We say we don't like it, and we try not to take part of it, but the truth of the matter is if it's not involving you, that's great, and you kind of get suckered in. Admit it, you kind of get suckered in. So just, just a suggestion. Just a suggestion, something for the next holiday party. Maybe the family function you just can't stand to be at.
Just thought. The AJ Knight across all social media. Same for Utah's VFX. Thanks to our voters for partners. Congratulations to our home and garden show ticket winners. Uh, another chance to win if you see terrible parking. Again, I, I I know this sounds hyperbolic, but it really is true. Like 2022 has been a great year for submissions. Been so many people submitting a lot. Great nominees. I look forward to the tournament at the end of the year where the prizes get more grand and vast. So thank you for that. If you missed the anything on the show, just like our social media, it's Utah's VFX. Anywhere podcasts are, like Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio app, they all work. Uh, and as top of that, do the fun stuff today and tomorrow because snow and cold weather obviously not as inducive to doing so. Be safe out there. And until Monday morning frames with AJ on VFX, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And thanks for listening to VFX.